0: Hello and welcome back to Flash Knockdown. It's series four, episode number two. I'm Jamie Ward. Alongside me is producer Scott Hamilton. We're coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona, USA. It's BAM versus Sunny Fight Week live on The Zone this Saturday. And here's what we have coming up for you all on today's show. Well, as I said, it's nearly time to unify. Here from both Bam Rodriguez and Sonny Edwards ahead of their huge flyweight unification. Main event this weekend. Galau Yafai and Rob McCracken are up on our charity quiz coach trip. Believe me when I tell you, you don't want to miss that one. Peter McGrail, of course, fights this weekend. He talks dealing with defeat in the Olympics and how it gave him motivation in the professional game. Dalton Smith, big part of Team Edwards, of course. He runs over the best things to happen in boxing last week and gives an insight into how that training camp has been alongside Showtime, Sonny Edwards. Plus, as always, there's a new little betting segment with our sponsors and all the usual Flash Knockdown shenanigans. Great show coming up. Can't wait for Saturday night. Don't go anywhere. Well, Sonny Edwards, we are finally here. Van Rodriguez, Sonny Edwards, Flyweight Unification, Fight Week. Why is this a special Fight Week and moment? For you personally, do you think, in your, in your story and in your career?
1: It's the biggest night of my life. It's the biggest night of my career. Of course, it's special. The biggest challenge, the biggest build up, the biggest event. What I've been crying and dying for for the last, my whole career, to be honest with you. My American debut, a dangerous competitor, everything I needed it to be.
0: Ahead of this fight in particular, have you taken yourself, do you believe, to levels? In training camp, how, how would you describe what the mindset's been like in, in these few weeks and months?
1: I think my mindset has been the same as it always has. I feel like if I get a big fight and start changing now, then it's kind of admitting that I've not been doing it right the whole time. Um, I doubled down on what I wanted to do, how I wanted to train, how I wanted to spar, um, making sure that the rounds I, I wanted and needed I got, and, and I did. I've spent the last three, four, five, six months, religiously sparring two, three times a week, 30, 36, 40 rounds. Yeah, I'm more than prepared. But no, I wouldn't say I've done anything different. I've got the same camp. I've got the same team around me. A few people started camping that haven't made it to the end, but...
0: At this stage of fight weeks, so I mean, as much as this is for the design broadcast, it's also for a piece called Inside Look. And I remember I asked you this question in the build-up to your fight with Campos, but for this fight, if we could take a look into the mind of Sonny Edwards at this stage of the week, what do you believe we'd see?
1: Calm. I don't get nervous. I get excited. Me preparing, me training, me doing the media work, me doing the weighing, me turning up to the venue on fight night and walking into the ring is a process that I've been putting myself through since I was 9, 10, 11 years old, over and over and over again. I have never done anything else. I've never wanted to do anything else. There's not one part of me that doesn't want to be in a boxing ring. I know that and I've proved that to myself more recently, more than ever. Um, This is all I have. It's all I've ever wanted and it's all I've
0: got. When you were a a young boy then, you mentioned that the younger years there, we know you've been doing this for for most of your life. Why is this the type of fight in America, unification fight, do you think, that you always dreamed of being a part of as well? I, I imagine you probably watched all the big fights across the pond when you were a young lad?
1: Because people care. People care about this fight. They care about how it's going down. They've got an opinion on it. They've got an opinion on both fighters. There's people that think that I'm easily going to run away with the victory. There's people that think I'm going to get knocked out in six rounds. There's people that think that he's only going to win because I'm going to get robbed on the scorecards. There is every single different uh, assessment of how this fight is going. And it has been for the last 14 weeks has been a non-stop conversation about who's going to win this fight and how it's going to go down and at my weight that don't really happen there's no flyweight to speak of really that was setting the world alight headlining one of the biggest fights in the schedule of the whole year on the biggest platform with the biggest promoters both fighters built up that hasn't really existed at flyweight before so this is everything it needs to be and this will be a big stepping stone into further cementing my legacy and creating these events, especially at my weight and the weight that I'll continue to compete at and operate at. In the future, I know I'm good for boxing because boxing is good for me.
0: What are your thoughts in terms of the time you've been able to spend with Bam in the build-up to this fight? He said he's not sure about you. He said that he's 50-50. He doesn't know if you even know who you are, that you don't say a lot to his face, but you say a lot on social media. What are your thoughts on him and your response to that?
1: He's very, very quiet. He's uncomfortable around me. We went for a head-to-head yesterday and his eyes were twitching like he had epilepsy. He does not like being around me. I'm not a bully, so I will never step on someone's toes that doesn't ask for it. If he wants to say one thing to me, we will lift the lid and we will go there a hundred times over, but he won't. He's a little gimpy 23-year-old kid, yeah, that's still writing love essays about on Instagram with his missus. So, He's not even in my jurisdiction of caring about him as a person. He's just someone I'm fighting. I don't need to get in his head. I don't need to do anything. I react with what's in front of me. I think he's all right. But he's a little gimp who thank fuck he can fight. Because if he didn't, he would be a victim. A proper, proper victim. He's a little nerdy gimp talking about I'm not sure about who I am, very, I'm very sure about who I am. I'm consistent in every room I go into. I just don't need to bully 23-year-old little kids that look like they're scared every time the camera comes out. Fuck I need to do that for? The little virgin man, fuck me, talking about I'm not sure about who I am. I'm just not a bully. I don't vocalise to someone, I wouldn't say nothing back. Probably pulled out the fight if I started really terrorising him. And I need this fight. More than they wanted that fight. Go and ask Edward Hearn, and how many weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks it took to force him into the boxing ring, taking all the other options off the table. So don't be telling me about I don't know who I am. I'm set on who I am, I'm straight on who I am. I don't wear fucking silly bucket hats and fucking backward mong shoes, about I don't know who I am.
0: You said a minute ago, thank God he can fight. In terms of this as a challenge, what do you believe makes this the toughest fight of your career, who is Bam Rodriguez the fighter? Now he's like me.
1: That's the only reason why I see him as a worthy adversary. Because he's like me, he's a childhood fighter, who's got an older brother that he learned every single step of the way. From age 15, he's been in professional gyms and around professional circuits, sparring men, people heavier, pros. He's the American version of me, except he's three years behind. That's why. That's the only, only why. He's a good fighter, of course he is. But he's much better on the back foot and standing off someone and picking him apart and taking his time than he is closing the gap down putting pressure on, making them make the mistake.
0: He says you've never boxed anyone like him as a professional. Why do you believe he's never boxed anyone like you?
1: Because he ain't never beat a champion. He has never beaten a champion. Both world titles he's held above his head come from vacant vacant belts against non-champions, people that made careers of being decent adversaries and decent losers. Where me, I had to throw on the king, the man, the number one in the division for the longest Someone that was heavily avoided by every other champion at every stage of his career. I've beaten champion. He hasn't. Never. You're talking about I ain't been in the ring with him. No, no, he hasn't been
0: in the ring with me. He's never been in the ring of a world champion and beat them. I have. It's a beautiful sport, Sonny, the sport of boxing at times, but it's a brutal one. And I think one of the best phrases that, that I often use is beautiful brutality. As savage as it sounds, what do you need to do to ban Rodriguez in that ring and what are you going to do to him in your mind on Saturday night?
1: I just out-box him, like, have you not seen the script? I get in the ring and then for 36 minutes, I make sure that the action, I'm in control of the range. I'm in control of the pace. I'm in control of the scoring, the rhythm, the intensity. I'm in control of. So I'll do whatever I want to do and whatever I fits right at the right time. He's got all these things that oh, he needs to do this and he needs to do that. I don't. I'll go in there and be myself and I, it's always good enough. Every single time, because my brain, my reactions, my wit is way, way streets ahead of anyone else in the boxing world, I believe, and that's why I can be a world champion boxer, undefeated, five world title fights, five and oh, I can manage fighters and get them straight into good opportunities and win titles with them. I can jump in the corner and add great assistance, I can jump on the punditry or the commentary table and take over that as well. I can do everything because why no one else has lived 17, 18 years of intense boxing like I have? People box for different reasons. I box because it's all I've got. I'm involved in boxing because it's all I've ever had. Since nine years old, my Monday to Sunday was boxing, boxing, boxing. Whether I was fighting, whether the lads in the gym were fighting, my brother was fighting. That's all I've ever had all my life. My church, my religion, my centre of life has been boxing, nothing else. I don't want to do anything else. I don't want to go to other industries. I don't want to go to other parts of the world. Boxing's all I've ever had. I love boxing. That's why no one will beat me. Because unlike him, yeah, and his brother, lose one fight and retire. Talk about, uh, uh, you know, we'll do it. like, no, they don't love boxing. That's why he's scared of the cameras. That's why we had to cancel the press conference in London, because he refused to do it. That's why he moaned every single stage of everything he's had to do. That's why you organised the meet and greet and either one no one turned up or two bam didn't turn up because I didn't see one picture about that last week. So there's probably some people in this room that know the answer to that. I was looking. Why? Because I look at everything. Why? Because I love boxing. He's scared of boxing. He's scared of the cameras. He's scared of not being the man. When I'm not, I'll double down on myself a hundred times in a row win, lose, or draw, I'll double down again and again and again and again. Why? Because one, it's all I've got, and two, I know I'm a great fighter. So if someone beats me, they've gotta be a fantastic fighter. And I don't mind finding out. And my ego isn't relying on me being undefeated or being a champion of the world. No. The reason I'll find myself back in the gym back in the gym and back in the ring, back competing, back fighting, because 'cause I'm addicted to this. I have nothing else. You trying to drag me away from my professional boxing career and telling me, Sonny, it's time to retire, will probably be the hardest conversation I ever have
0: in my life. Well, Jesse Rodriguez, great to see you. First of all, why is this a special fight week and moment for you personally in your story and in your professional career so far?
2: This is a special fight week for me just because this is a unification fight, my first unification fight. And fighting another undefeated champion in Sonny Edwards and I'm just excited I've been training my ass off for a whole 10 weeks and I'm just ready to show the world who I am. Ahead of this fight in particular, you just alluded to it there, but why do you believe you've taken yourself
0: and needed to take yourself to new levels in this training camp?
2: This is, um, well I, let me repeat that, I'll repeat your question a little bit.
0: In, for this fight in particular, why do you believe you've had to take yourself to new right. levels in training camp?
2: For this fight, I believe I had to take myself to new training levels for this fight. Just because it's a huge fight, it's a huge opportunity, the biggest fight in my career, biggest fight in my life and winning this fight can do a whole lot, not only for my career, but for my life in general.
0: At this stage of fight week, if we could take a, a look into the mind of Bam Rodriguez, what do you believe we would see right now?
2: If you were to take a look inside my mind right now, you would see Saturday night playing over and over in my head, my hand being raised at the end of the night. And I just can't wait to be victorious come Saturday. When you were
0: a, a young boy Bam, why is this the type of fight, main event, yeah. unification? Why is this the type of occasion you always dreamed of being a part of?
2: Yeah, when I was a kid, I always you know, grew up watching. Um, well, when I started boxing, I grew up watching the big fights, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather. And I just saw, you know, the kind of level of fight they were at, the magnitude of those fights. And I feel like this is one of those fights this is a special night, special fight, champion versus champion. And this is what boxing is about.
0: And for you personally, now you are here. Why do you believe Bam Rodriguez belongs on this stage?
2: I believe Bam Rodriguez belongs on. The, oh shit! I bet. <laughs> no, you <perfect>, <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
0: why do you believe Bam Rodriguez belongs on this
2: stage? I believe Ben Rodriguez belongs on this stage because I'm just a star. I was born to be here. I was born to, you know, be in big fights and just be part of big events. And this is nothing new. Come Saturday night, it's just another night to me.
0: It's normal to be heading into a big fight for fighters like Devin Haney, Devin Sapp in the same position you are in San Fran last week, and said he was nervous, but he was excited, he had butterflies. What, what's in the, the stomach and the mindset of Jesse Rodriguez in terms of any nerves and excitement heading into Saturday? Yeah. The
2: mindset right now, Ben Rodriguez, I'm anxious. I've, I've been anxious for a couple of weeks now. Not necessarily nervous, because I know all the work has been put in, all the training, you know, it's, it's time to go, it's time to show the world what it's, what it, what it's about. If you were, oh, sorry, Bam, sorry. No, you're good, you Just because
0: Ed walked out of <laughs> If you Come were, on, we uh, should we do that one, one more time? That, was per, that yeah. answer yeah. Was, was perfect, right. man. Um, Do you want me to repeat the question? Yeah, please. I, I spoke to Devin Haney last week, and, and I asked him, did he have any worries? Did he have any nerves heading into the fight? And he said, you know, he's got nervousness and excitement. For you, at this stage of fight week, what, what's what's in the body and the mind of Ben Rodriguez?
2: In the body right now, you, mm, you would see a lot of anxiousness. I've been anxious for a couple of weeks now, just wanting to, go out there and finally put all my hard work to work and just show the world who Bam Rodriguez really is. I've been, I've been very excited since they announced this fight and I just can't wait for Saturday night. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a great night for Team Rodriguez.
0: If you were selling this fight, Bam, to a, a man or woman in the street and, and trying to tell them what this fight's about and why they want to watch this fight, what, what do you believe you would tell them Bam Rodriguez versus Sonny Edwards is?
2: If I were to tell a stranger about this fight, I would tell him, this is champion versus champion, this is what boxing is at its highest level. Um, you got Sonny Edwards, a high IQ boxer, and you got me a very smart pressure fighter. So when those two styles collide, it's just pure excitement and any boxing fan or any any fighting fan in general would you know, appreciate a fight like this.
0: What do you believe BAM makes this the hardest fight in the career of Sonny Edwards?
2: This is the hardest fight of Sonny Edwards' career just because he hasn't faced someone with footwork like mine. Yeah, he's, he's faced pressure fighters, but you know, they're a bit flat-footed, but I apply more pressure than them and in a smarter way with better footwork. So I can't wait to show him. In
0: terms of what you're willing to go through to become Unified World Champion, talk us through that in terms of what you're willing to put on the line to make sure you have your hand raised.
2: Um, for this fight, I'm willing to go through whatever. I showed that in my last fight, I fought through a broken jaw for six rounds and I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted that world title, so this is nothing different. Whatever happens in this fight, I'm going to go through it. Whatever adversity I face, I'm going to get through it and I'm going to come out victorious.
0: Is this a fight that in no part of your brain you've ever thought about losing and why is this a fight? you believe at this stage in your career that you're not prepared to lose?
2: This is a fight um, I believe I can win. Losing this fight has never crossed my mind. I'm just ready to go out there. I, you know, The talk is done, the training is done and I'm just ready to show the world.
0: Well, this week on Coach Trip, we have a very special guest. Olympic gold medalist, of course, fighting this weekend as well for the sixth time as a professional. Mr. Galau, you Galau, surrounded by your brothers in a a quiet little conference room here in Arizona. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Um, You know, firmly ready for Saturday. Back in the States. Yeah. I know you enjoyed the the fight in New York, didn't you? It was a big experience for you and a new experience as a professional. But when the call came for this one to come back out here on a card. I guess you might have one eye on a couple of fights. Why was this something that excited you? Um, First of all, a lot of fighting in America.
3: Um, You know, a lot of being home as well, but, you know, America's, a, you know, it's a mecca of boxing. Um, but obviously, the main event, it's a Sony V-BAM, so I think it's a no-brainer for me to be fighting on this card, Um, maybe fighting one or two of them in, in the future. Um, but nah, it's it's exciting.
0: I know we spoke about this before in the build up to to this fight when it was announced and you were very much on the fence. Splinters. Yeah. Splinters for Galia fight still Are you still
3: on the fence? Yeah, I still am. Um yeah, you know what? Bam will have the edge, you know, quits in America. It's a fun for fight IV the the boxer. Um if I was gonna bet my house on it I probably would bet Bam. Um but it's,
0: it's it's a good competitive fight. Sorry about the noise. If you are wondering listeners, as I said earlier, we are in a there's a lot of re- <laughs> renovation work going on in the hotel we're in at the moment, so apologies for that. Uh, what do you know about the man in front of you this weekend, Galow, and, and what sort of challenges in front of you? Um, he's experienced. You
3: know, he's he's a he's he's had what 22 fights. He's 120 out of the 22, so he's no slouch. You know, he's experienced. He's tricky. Um, we'll see Saturday. You know, I I wish I could look into the future and see what would happen. Um, but I will just make sure I'm ready and try. And I got a win, but I got put on the show as well i
0: got to look good. I want to ask you a question here, which might be a bit awkward for you because your brother is, is sat next to you, Cal right. Ufi. Now, the boxing world gave him the reception that he deserved when when he announced that he would be retiring from the sport. Yeah. What's your message that that you want to say? And, and I guess how have things been for you as a family since Cal decided to make that decision?
3: Um, message I want to say, um, I think I've... Actually, no, I, I haven't told him already, actually. Um I say thank for everything you've ever done. <laughs> 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 no, nah, just just... Um, Obviously, Cal and Gamal started off. Cal, you know, he paved the way for us. You know, he went to the Olympics in 2008. And I didn't know what they were until Cal went to them. And that was, how many years ago was that? It's 2020, f- nearly, yeah. Is it 15 years ago? Yes, 15 years ago. So, Quick so nice. yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a long time ago. So, um, yeah, he put us on the path, put Gamal on the path, and I kind of followed suit. suit. So, it's, um, it's helped me in my career.
0: But still very much going to be around and be a big part of your journey now as you move forward.
3: Yeah, he's, um, he's at everything in America this week. <laughs> 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 yeah, he's uh,
0: he's enjoyed it. even your mum enjoyed um, the trip with me this week. i tell you what, Cal, just come here for one sec, just off the other side of the table. Sorry, I wish I could move uh, this microphone. To be uh, in and around this fight week uh, with your brother Galau, of course. How, how does it feel for you this time, your first time since you've, you've hung up the gloves yourself, of course. Yeah, it's cool. It's good for me. I'm just eating everything
4: and um, yeah, just keeping an eye on him.
0: And in terms of this fight and, and for Galau being a part of this card, he, he's saying he's sitting on the fence. What sort of conversation, come on, give us some juice here. What sort of conversations have been going on behind the scenes? Is he is he truly on the fence for this fight?
4: I think so, Galau. I don't really say much. We don't really talk about that much. But um, I'm the same. Give it, I think Bam. I think he's a better fighter. So, so, you're not on the fence, you think
0: Bam wins? Yeah, I think so. Oh, right, but you but Galil thinks that I, th- I think it's going for a draw. Yeah, I think. you know
3: what? If I was if I was gonna put my whole son to Jamie, then I'd put Bam, but okay. Sonny's tricky. It's one of them fights where if Bam dominated, we'd all go, Oh, yeah, we kind of knew that was gonna happen. Um, but Sonny's just he's stubborn, he's a good boxer, all right. Yeah. But it's interesting, but honestly, I don't care about that fight until I fought and then. I can, I can enjoy it.
0: And you yeah. just said to me next door, you're going to win your fight and then have a, a can of pop, was it you said? Yeah, can of pop. And enjoy the main event. I thought that was an American saying. No, nah, that's... Nah, Brummie? From 80s, think, is it? Can
3: of pop? Yeah, can of pop.
0: Fair play. Yeah, you,
3: nice you're a bit too posh for us, boys. Oh, not at all,
0: yeah. mate. No, I'm not yeah. posh. Not in the slightest. Um, we are going to go to the, the business part of this conversation now. Coach Trip is the name of the quiz. Yeah. And essentially the idea is how well do you know the man in the corner? which for you is the great Rob McCracken, who I must say is also sat in this room, which I think adds an element of pressure, perhaps. But let me me hand over to producer Scott, who's going to go over the rules.
5: Thanks, Jamie. And like Cal, I've been also indulging in the food delights (laughs) in uh, Arizona this week. So Galau, coach trip. Yeah. Contestant number two for this series. If you finish in the top three at the end of the series, you're in line for a charity payout. So it is all good fun. I get the money. Well, you know, your show's in charity, I'm afraid.
3: Oh okay, we're going to say I don't. You I can don't, match it if you want. I kind of don't mean. need the on. Yeah, we can match <laughs> it if you want.
5: So, got 10 questions here. Multiple choice A, B, and C. Some of them are about boxing, some of them are a little bit of a stitch up, and we'll okay. see how you go Ready for number 1? I think so. Who is Rob's favorite fighter? Oh, see. You is a it A? Question? Roberto Duran. B, Sugar Ray Leonard, or C, Muhammad Ali? Okay, wait there. So,
3: I want to look I want to look at Rob. But I'll, I'll there. Um
0: Okay,
3: I'm. I'm gonna go with. Okay, no, 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 no. no, no, no it was a Duran, Leonard, or Mamdali. Correct. I'm gonna go with Duran.
5: Final answer. Yeah, final answer. One from one. Got it right. Is that right? Yeah.
3: Yep. Yeah, I thought. I thought. I don't know why. I thought Duran. I thought. He's, <laughs> He's a fighter. I know Rob's luck.
5: <laughs> with a fight back in the day. Question number two. What's Rob's favorite fight? Is it a Barrera, Barrera versus Morales? B. Foreman versus Lyle. Or see Hagler Huns. <laughs> why are you
3: laughing? <laughs> because he was talking to me about it on the way? <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. Really I don't know why.
5: Also, just for the listeners, we didn't tell Rob we were doing this today, so this is not fixed. <laughs> this seems. This is dodgy. This. No,
3: I swear, he's Rob's passing notes the under
5: the table. Look. So we was talking
0: about on the way.
3: Now he didn't tell me his favorite mm. fight, but he was just talking about it, and I just. I was barely paying attention Sorry Rob. Well for
5: transparency <laughs> As it is for charity I did pounce on Rob On the way in So there was no uh, There was no preempt To this quiz So two from two Number three Excluding boxing Who is Rob's sporting hero Is it A Ian Botham Is it B I don't have one Or is it C Bobby Charlton <laughs> No Rob would be He don't have one <laughs> Fun- Final of... answer <laughs> Yeah Free from free. <laughs> <laughs> Very quick question to the man. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: man this is this something's <laughs> going no, no on here. Rob, <laughs> um, no sporting hero, Robert Craig. No, I, I, you, you, I admire loads of people from sport, but to say I'm an
5: actual hero,
0: um,
5: not a hero, but you know you admire lots
0: of people from sport and admire what they've achieved. Okay, interesting. I, I can respect. now we ain't cheated, Jay? I'm honestly, last week. I think you're not the one getting cheated. I think we are. You know,
5: what is I know Rob probably better than I thought we'll soon find out about that question number four what's Rob's favourite song is it A Nessun Dorma by Pavarotti is it B Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones or is it C Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen so Pavarotti Rolling Stones or Queen is it Roman Stones Rolling Stones Stones. yeah it's the rock band (laughs) sounds good though (laughs) so it's Nessun Dorma by Pavarotti yeah Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones or is it C, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen? Bo- I think, I it's reckon C. Rob... I'm going to go oh, C. He's, like he's kicking him under the table, table yeah. Do you I'm remember gonna go that song? Anyway. Like so, so you're saying... Bohemian whatever it what? was. It's the wrong answer, I'm Rolling afraid. Stones. No, it's Pavarotti, Pavarotti Ness <laughs> <laughs> Rob, <laughs> Rob. I
0: just and Dorma is a beautiful song. Why, why is it your favourite song? Well, if I had to <laughs> pick one, i will just chose that one. It's a brilliant tune, is <laughs> Do you mind as a Worldwide exclusive? Just give us a couple of
2: lines.
0: (laughs) Jay, what's the song? Can you hum it first? Is Is that
3: Rob on the budget? Is that tune, you know?
0: (laughs) Come on, Rob.
5: One one line, come on. (laughs) Maybe next time. Rob ain't going to sing that. (laughs) You You have to pay him like a few million. (laughs) Number five. What's Rob's favourite holiday destination? Is it A. Tenerife? B Tokyo or C Los Angeles? Well, one I know it's not Los Angeles. <laughs> okay, so you got down <laughs> to A or B. You that afterwards. <laughs> 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 um, Tenerife or Tokyo? The two Ts.
3: Oh, I I knew it was between Tenerife and Tokyo. Um,
5: now nah, I've got to go Tokyo
3: because you've told me a few times you like. Yeah,
5: you got it right. Yeah, is four, it right? Yep. Yeah, four from five. <laughs> you told me bad times.
3: You like your own. <laughs> oh,
5: yeah, we went yeah. <laughs> Question number six. What's Rob's favourite takeaway? Is it A, Indian, B, pizza, or C, Chinese? I think it's a Indian because he's from India and everyone all of Indians. Oh, funny you say that. No, it's C, Chinese. Is it? Yeah, and that's <laughs> one <laughs> of <laughs> <laughs> the. What, <are we> <laughs> what would you
6: call on, <laughs> I do like the Chinese. That's my <laughs> <a top> favourite. <laughs> what is your top dish
0: from the menu on a Chinese Rob? All
5: of it. To be fair, yeah, that was the one uh, I think. Cal you got that wrong. Oh, one of the few. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Question number seven: Where does Rob do his food shopping? Is it A. M&S, B. Sainsbury's, or C. Tesco?
3: Oh, I know, right. Rob is <laughs> a higher class. So <laughs> <laughs> I got, I <I've> got M&S. <laughs> Spot
5: on. Yep. Five from seven. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
5: Three questions to go. What's Rob's shoe size? Is it 10, is it 11, or is it 12 shoe size? So Rob did give me an answer that he's bigger in a trainer, but we're going for the shoe size here. So A, 10, B, 11, or C, 12? I'm going to go 10. He's got it right. right? He's got it right. For 11, you have to be really tall. for. And that puts Galal so far at the top of the leaderboard as well. So you're starting. We're only two episodes in, but you're setting the pace. How many questions have we got left? Still two to go. Question number nine. What is Rob's birthday? Is it the 29th ninth of May, the thirtieth of May, or the thirty first of May? Oh, sorry, Rob, I forgot. Oh, you know, um, thirty uh, first of May. Oh, he's got it right! <laughs> <laughs> he's, got it right. <laughs> <laughs> he's on fire. Uh, he's on fire. Get that one. It's seven from nine so far. I can see Rob winking and Nah, <laughs>
0: nah, <blinking you're> <laughs> it's. like
5: that episode of uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. <laughs> remember when there was coughing at the answers? I think Rob's kicking him under <laughs> the table. D- <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Last, last one. What's Rob's pet hate of you? Is it A, you're too angry? Is it B, <laughs> you drop your hands when in range too much? Or is it C, you don't text back on time? So too angry, drop your hands, or don't text back? No, it's, mm, it's not the don't text back bit.
3: Probably Rob's pissed off with both, probably. <laughs> I get angry. Um...
5: I'll probably get angry too much. <laughs> well, funny you say that. Both your brothers said that would be the answer. It's well, actually not. B, drop your hands. Oh, too so much you're alright with being an anchorer? You,
0: you drop the first <laughs> two, then you drop your hands. Room for <laughs> improvement. I'm not sure. Do you want know, you know to just keep just keeping you humble? Because you're giving it a bit Charlie Large these days. <laughs> I know <laughs> I, a bit. I, You know what it is? <laughs> <laughs> <A little bit>. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 let me talk, let me talk, <laughs> talk innit? Boys, I just, am, am I right? Come you on. know, it is. is bit,
3: you know, when you're too nice sometimes, and I told these boys <laughs> that, you get walked all over oh yeah. So you can't be
0: too nice nowadays. <laughs> you know what, uh, I mean? what was the final score? Seven. Seven it's, out of ten. So me and Cole got the same. And what, what did Ebony Bridges get last week? Six. Six. So, allow you, you are top of the league leaderboard. Probably. I must say, I've got to ask you this final question, right? Go on. You've stood on the top of the podium with a medal of gold around your neck, right? Yeah. You're, you're now a professional pursuing big dreams as a, to be a world champion in the years to come. But to be top of the league leaderboard on Coach Trip Quiz, yeah. where does this rank for you? Yeah, it means a lot. You know,
3: um, <laughs> I hope we last at the top. You know, there'll be a few more boxes that will, you know, try and beat that.
0: But I'm hoping that's at the top for many years to come.
5: I was going to say, we're only two episodes in, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's, well, no, we get a bit of emotion involved, <laughs> that's great.
0: Uh, thank you so much for joining us, glau Wish you the very best of luck, as always, Cheers. this weekend for the, for the family and for Rob McCracken as well. Thank Thanks you. for a few, few brilliant cameo lines there. We look forward to hearing Ness and Dorma in the ring after when glau wins. <laughs> How about this? If Galau wins yeah. by knockout yeah. in the first round, yeah. will you sing Ness and Dorma in, <laughs> in the ring? No. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no change. That was a maybe for those listening at home. Uh, Gileau, thanks for coming on, mate. We'll speak soon. Cheers, mate.
5: That could be Glau's ringworm music. Why don't you change it up for that? No, nah, no. Nah, nah. I'm actually
0: in charge <laughs> of the ringworm music, yeah. so nope. you might get a surprise. Well, back-to-back shows in the USA. I must say, Scott, last week when we were in San Francisco, I don't know if you could tell by my voice, I was... I was in a world of trouble. The old jet lag, mate. Oh, I felt awful, mate. It's a long I, way to I come. I like to think I sound better now, much more with it. You do, I'll give you, I was, I'll give you credit there. I was near the end.
5: That's a bit far. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, no, to be fair, I was. But I think the adrenaline got me through of, of what was a, a brilliant week to be a part of. Everything from the face-off at the Golden Gate Bridge and visiting Alcatraz. Oh, wait, sorry, I thought we were there to work. Sorry, I forgot. Um, we did have a rare good.
5: day off on the Sunday. Yeah, no, Alcatraz was I think it was warranted, was amazing, to be fair. Way.
0: That was uh that was a surreal experience. Me and a few of the members of the team went went over on the boat.
5: Should have done the face off in Alcatraz.
0: Yeah, you were there of course as well, Alcatraz. I Second was. time you've been, isn't it? Correct, yeah. Great place. You, yeah, but you like you like all that sort of stuff, don't you? <coughs>
5: it's probably that's probably for another podcast. <laughs> 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 another time.
0: Um but no, it was brilliant to uh brilliant to be a part of such a special week and, and a great atmosphere as well and a very, very special night for Mr Devin Haney, first fight in the Bay of San Francisco as a professional and to win against a good fighter in Regis programme, a world-class fighter, in the fashion he did, and become a two-weight world champion in the process, I, I imagine it will probably always be a night he'll remember.
5: Yeah, and it certainly won't be the last fight he has in San Francisco. I would imagine uh, the Chase Centre will be snapping at the heels to, to get him back sooner rather than later. Although he did say afterwards, didn't he, in the post-fight press conference, he wants a little trip to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, next I year. heard that. He, uh, he's aware of all that money flying around. So, yeah, interesting to see what his next move is, to be fair.
0: I think perhaps a, a faith angle as well Yeah. for Devin. Of course, um, yeah. I think it would be a special experience for him.
5: Definitely, and Eddie was obviously captured yesterday in the Golden Boy offices in LA. Maybe Ryan Garcia. Great fight that. Interested to see well, what happens.
0: That, that's a big fight, isn't it for Design?
5: Yeah, Design, I'm sure, would be you know desperate to get out To be fair, especially off the back of Haney, you know, his profile's going up and up and up. Kind of makes sense for the platform. But you know, Devin's got options, I guess.
0: Well, we're in Arizona this week, Glendale, Arizona. My first impressions are it's a little bit quiet, but it's nice. I'm enjoying it.
5: Quiet? Can you hear that racket in the background? Well, apart from
0: the racket in the hotel, yeah. I mean, you, you'll hear that throughout the podcast today, unfortunately. We, we've, what we've done, Scott, is in Season 3, we were sitting on the hotel balcony in Monte Carlo. And we had that Bege- seems a lifetime Bege- time ago. And we had Veyron's whizzing past, and that was the noise we were complaining about. But this time, we have drilling and, and builders and all sorts going on in, in a little suburb in Glendale. So, is it safe to say that we've... We've fallen off a little bit.
5: Maybe move sideways. <laughs> Maybe move sideways. Nah, still Shout blessed. out to the Renaissance. Hashtag there.
0: blessed. I'm going to keep saying that on every podcast now. Nigel Travis, big shout out to him. But um, there's a few things to talk about. I mean, firstly, Kev Rooney just leaves the room there. Big shout out to, to Kev Rooney. Matram zone. Very important figure behind the scenes, of course. If you know, you know. But, yeah, Glendale, uh, interesting play so far. Enjoying it a bit. All, all eyes are on Saturday night, really. Uh, we had, we had the, first, the first face-off out in the... In the desert? Yeah, I must I was admit. You, I was, you were terrified.
5: Terrified maybe a little Snakes, bit Snakes, spiders. Well, when you're walking about the desert and you see these like three-inch circular holes plotted around, there's probably only one thing that's going to be going in and out of them. <laughs> is that <laughs> for another podcast <laughs> as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, I'll be honest. Yeah. And then we're on Google typing in diamondback rattlesnakes in the, what's it called? Papayo Desert? Was Papago? Papago yeah. Park? And I think. Yeah, you're Googling that and it's popping up with these rattlesnakes. Yeah, I was slightly concerned. Um, I'm watching him back. <laughs> <laughs> Big fight, this. And Sonny Edwards, I think, just
0: speaking to him today, it is it's how he always is, and Bam was how he always is. Bam, very cool, relaxed, calm, completely unfazed by anything. And Sonny is as well. Look, don't get it wrong. Sonny, Sonny's a very composed character, but he just comes alive in front of the camera.
5: I think today's the, you know, we've obviously been here, what, three days now today's the day where the dial started to turn I think you uh, prodded him with one or two little comments from Bam earlier in the day and I think it's fair to say today's the day he's flicked the switch if if we was doing the face off today I think he would have gone off
0: well all I said to him was you know, I I do often say I'm a bit of a professional pot stirrer well actually professional is too much of a compliment to myself I'm just a pot stirrer but I said to, you know, I asked a few questions to Bam this morning and, you know, what do you think of Sonny? And he basically said he's, I don't think Sonny knows who he is. You know, he's he's a different person on social media as he is in person. He says a lot behind the scenes. He doesn't say a lot to my face. And I asked Sonny Edwards that question and said, say he didn't. I uh, don't think he, he enjoyed that, did he?
5: No, he didn't. But, you know, you make him wait. It's another day nearer. These guys are little guys, aren't they? I think it's fair to say Sonny in his own admission, you know, he has to shed a bit, should we say, at the start of training camp. It's not. A, it's not an easy road, and it's been a long camp. This one, you know, like you said at the, s- at the top, we've been c- counting down to this for what, 14 weeks, maybe. Now to be here, and it's real now, right? I think it's real. Like Sonny said, he didn't quite believe this fight would actually happen until this moment. So, yeah, just days away now.
0: I think in hindsight, we probably should have gone outside to record this. I think it
5: adds to the, atm- it, it the adds atmosphere. To the, it adds to
0: the atmosphere of the fight week. Let's in see the what I can do. Let's see what bit of a uh, post-production. It's an absolute racket.
5: I can do some post stuff. So right, if so you're hearing so nothing, then obviously I've whipped up a magic and storm. If you're hearing
0: something, Scott's fired again <laughs> for the second time in a fortnight after we ruined the <laughs> on the ground podcast, which will be returning tomorrow
5: if all goes well. That's the plan. Is that the plan tomorrow? That's the plan. Did the last one go out? Did yes, it? it did. Yeah. Okay. So well, yeah, if you haven't watched that, it'll be on YouTube as well. Where Jamie Channels, is in a Martin Brundle um, and just causes havoc, basically. So Massive stay tuned com- for that.
0: Massive compliment to myself that I couldn't, as I said last week, could not make the uh, lace the great Martin Brundle's boots. He's a legend of the broadcast game. But a quick one on the, on the elsewhere on this card because there is a, a lot of great British talent. And it does, I was talking to Peter McGrail and Joe McGrail, Galal Fai and Janae Bostan. It does seem a little bit of a. A Brits are here to to take over, and I think everyone said the same thing: that winning isn't just enough this weekend. It's a new audience, in a way, of a predominantly American audience watching on the zone That winning isn't enough, and they they all want to look good and make a statement this weekend.
5: Yeah, Brits abroad, I love it. You, this is about um, you, isn't it? It is, yeah. But no, you're right, and I think this mantra of you know no easy fights and having to make a statement is actually just making these guys up their game a little bit, in a way, you know. Why go out there and win averagely? I think, you know, if there's an opportunity to get someone out there, you're probably going to see them step on the gas and maybe take a risk or two, sort of take one to land one. So, like you say, big platform, big opportunity, especially for someone like Gelao Fire who's hunting down his own world titles in the same way. You know, if he looks good here, his name will be firmly in the mix for the first half of next year for that shot.
0: Well, many are saying this is a 50-50. What are our betting partners saying about Bam Rodriguez versus Sonny Edwards?
5: Yeah, slightly interesting. So I'm gonna give you some varied odds with our two partners, Bet Online in the US and Bet Fred in the UK. So in the UK, Sonny Edwards is the outsider at fifteen to eight. Interesting one here. Sixteen to one the draw with Bet Fred.
0: Sixteen to one. Hmm fancy. I, can't it? Say that, no. I
5: think it was Gamal Yafai said that off camera. A draw. Yeah, not fancy? It?
0: No.
5: So yeah, feel free to check out. What about
0: Sonny Edwards points?
5: Let's have a look. Let's have a look.
0: I think there's many a fan in the UK. If they're looking at a price and they're looking at a bet, that might be their option.
5: 21 to 10 with Betfred. So you put a tenner on, you get 21 quid back. Oh, wow. And Baron Rodriguez, KO. Okay. Is this one of these fights Five that can go, only go
0: two ways? Well, the is way
5: it? the bookies... Yeah, the bookies are pretty split, to be fair. It's it's all level pegging until the draw. I mean, Sonny Edwards, KO is the only out, outlandish one at 20 to 1. But yeah, like you say, I think... Um, I think the bookies are struggling to split them as well.
0: Well, as we all are, Sonny Edwards, Bam Rodriguez, what a brilliant fight this is. The best versus the best, something we don't always see, but something we get to see this weekend live on the Zone. Well, it is that time of the show once again where we look over the recent news, the best thing to happen in boxing in the last week, and who better to join us than Mr. International himself. I've seen him jet-setting, sitting ringside for Devin Haney, Regis Progray in San Francisco, all eyes on the 140-pound division, which is of course his division. I'm joined by British and Commonwealth Super Lightweight Champion, Dalton Smith. Dalton, how are you? I'm all good. I'm, cool. I'm good as always. And like I
6: said, being jet-setting, being around, put some got some air miles on my clock,
0: but um, all for a good reason. Have you saved up your points to get into the lounge and live the high life next time you're travelling to the States? I should up next time I'm travelling to the states. I'm fighting, so Eddie will be paying for them once, <laughs> <laughs> first class. I will just say, Dalton, and for our listeners as well, we are in a hotel in Glendale, Arizona, and if you're hearing some background noise, uh, there's a lot of renovations going on. So apologies <laughs> if anyone is, uh, is distracted by the noise. Uh, Dalton, great to see you. First of all, before we talk about next week, uh, sorry, last week, which I'm sure will be some of the the shouts from the fans. You're here for one reason only this week in Arizona. Just just tell us what that is is to see Sonny Edwards come
6: and show the American people who, who Showtime is and also capture
0: another beautiful world title and bring it back home. Now, you've been around Sonny for a long time. And I think it's safe to say that the relationship all the fighters have in the Steel City gym goes beyond friendship. You are almost like a, a little family, aren't you, with, with the time you spent together. I was over in Tenerife. I got to watch Sonny go through his thing and, you know... His training camp, it's safe to say, is unique, I think from what I've from what I've seen. But what do you think has helped Sonny to be able to to live the life he has lived and show us under the lights the type of fighter he is? What what makes him special as a person and a fighter? Um first of all, the talent and the exceptional
6: fight fighter he is. Um but also his mindset. Um you know, oh. he's he's very hard to he's a very hard egg to crack um you know what he believes and what he does he's a very strong-minded character and you know people also forget how intelligent he is um very intelligent and is is a man you can learn a lot from especially his knowledge in boxing um but yeah sonny's camps are a little bit different to mine um but like i said every fighter is different every fighter does what makes him prepare and come into a fight one hundred percent mentally and physically. Um but like I say this this camp alone, you know we've done two away away camps um in the sun and the altitude in, in Tenerife so he's 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 had a very long camp and probably the one of the physically the best shapes I've seen Sonny in.
0: What have you been able to learn from him, do you think? Um he's just very sharp, very witty? Um so a sense of humour then? Sense of humor. Are you, are you yet to practice that? Because I've not seen. I've got too my much sense of that. humor. <laughs> <laughs> it's
6: just <laughs> I'm waiting for it to come out. <laughs> but um, but no, he's he's very intelligent. Um, and especially if, if you can sit down and watch a boxing fight with Sonny, um, you'll realise how intelligent he is. The way he sees things, um, and also from a business point of view as well. Um, you know, he's just, like I say, he's just very intelligent. He's he's a guy you can learn a lot from. Um, and like you say, he's, he's interesting and a great person to be
0: around. Well, we are going to cross live to some questions from the fans, which I'm sure will cover various topics. I would love to sit here all day and talk to you about my good friend Dalton Smith. So here is producer
5: Scott to uh, throw out some questions for us to go over. Thanks, Jamie. The first shout is from multiple fans saying the best thing to happen in boxing last week was Devin Haney's win over Regis Progre.
0: Well, sorry for the slight delay. We are having to share a mic. Uh, Ran out of money. (laughs) No, do you know what the actual truth is? I left my microphone in the post fight press conference room in San Francisco. So Amateur, hopefully uh, hopefully won't be billing me. For that amateurs. One. Yeah. Amateurs. I know. <laughs> Tim Pot. Tim Pot. Fake it till we make it, Dalton and all That's that. It. Um just so yeah, so on that fight, obviously you, you were there, you you enjoyed it in San Fran. What was your experience being there and, and in soaking up the whole event?
6: Um first of all I think San Francisco is a bit of a strange place. Was <laughs> that? Um some straight, some very strange characters there. Um but overall great trip. But you know, getting back to the fight, the Devin Haney fight, you know, I didn't expect it to be that dominant. Um, and obviously, in moving up to the to the 140 division, obviously, new weight in against a very good fighter in Regis Progress, um, a fighter I've watched over the last few years, great fighter. Um, I always thought Devin would have won, um, you know, on quite a wide point point points decision, but I I never expected to be that dominant, to control a fight with such ease. Um, and like I say, especially with a, you know, a, p- a dangerous, well-schooled f- school fighter who can and also punch, big and strong. Big well. and he strong. looked big
0: and strong, didn't he, Haney? Though he looked. Yeah, oh, He, looked he didn't look like the man
6: coming I mean, up, did he? I mean, Regis is not the biggest at the weight, no. but he, c- he carries the power and he's very strong. Um, carries all the attributes, just not on the on the tallest of sides. But you know, Devin Haney has grown you know into the way you know very quick you know filled out um f- he always had the big structure down at lightweight anyway but i didn't expect him to to bring in that f- that force and power up at 140
0: here's a question for you good time for dalton smith or bad time for dalton smith to be a 140 pounder
6: great time <laughs> 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 that better was not an option better, yeah <laughs> that's not even an option um
0: I'm interested to hear your, the your thoughts. The one forty pound division, stack division—it's
6: it's a stack division. Got some of the biggest names in boxing in there, um, you know. So there's some big, big fights to be in da- da- down the line, and you know, in the future.
0: I always get the feeling as well, Doug, that you want to win a world title, the the hard way, so to speak, to to beat the best. Is yeah. that fair to say?
6: Of course, winning a world title and doing it the hard way—you know—it makes it that much sweeter. Um, and when I come to retire, and you look back the names you've you fought. Um, like I say it just makes it that much better
5: the next shout is from Ray Hines 06 who says Bill Haney getting Liam Paro and Dalton Smith mixed up last week <laughs>
0: uh, just talk me through that for those who don't know what happened yeah it was uh, it's
6: pretty, pretty funny actually so I was doing an interview with Eddie and then Bill Haney comes by he's like hey great job Liam <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was from a distance good impression <laughs> <laughs> man, you should have heard the impressions we've had all week um, can you give us some of them before we answer this one Good job. Let's finish this question first, yeah. But, um, so yeah, he thought it was Liam, so he he came over, um, introduced, Eddie introduced me to him, um, says I'm the new 140 coming through from the UK. Um, You know, showed he respect. And then then he was like, oh, so when you're fighting Devin then? I was just like, ask your man Eddie. But yeah, of course, that's a possible fight down the line. Obviously, you've got to be realistic. I've got to get myself in a position for for those fights. you know, there would be a lot of fighters what's trying to queue up for the Devon Haney fight in the next couple of fights. So, you know, I've got to be realistic, get myself into, you know, position for these big fights. And, and yeah, when the time's right, I'll be more than confident to be
5: in
0: there. The last fight with Sam Maxwell, and, and I love Sam, such, such a nice guy and a good fighter as well. But when you look at, like you say, the next step, when you look at the, the fighters who are, who are there, but perhaps didn't win last week, and the likes of Montana Love, the likes of Regis Progray, how far away are you from from these guys, in your opinion?
6: Not a million miles away, um, you know. And the, the, towards the end of next year, these are the fights I am going to be in. Um, and I've got got to get myself in the in the you know the world rankings, get myself in these positions, and these are the guys I'm I'm going to be fighting. You know, I wasn't very impressed by uh, Montana Love's performance. Thought it was very negative. Um, and I, the the shot Liam Paro dropped him with the, f- the first shot um the uppercut you know i said that from round two i was sat with with more my guy next to me and i was like he kept falling over with his right hand i said if liam can you know double his jab up and bring it up through the middle montana love was dipping low um the first time he threw it he dropped him so but yeah he's great performance from liam um seems a good guy i was actually sat next to his family in in the fight you know they were screaming and shouting for him so yeah, they seem great Great people. Um, I said, well done to Liam after the fight. But yeah, gr- great performance from him.
5: Next shout is from Leo Lane, who says Ben Whittaker's knockout. That was pretty impressive, to be fair.
0: Well, talking about being stepped up, um, Ben Whittaker, we know, is a, is a very talented individual. Not short of confidence, either, in and out the ring. Your thoughts, I guess, on the direction and what he is ready for now, do you think, next year?
6: You know, me... For me, I think Ben can go go all the way. Um, you know, and someone to win an Olympic silver medal. You know, he can't do that. without having the talent and and you know, and the, all the attributes to to be a great champion. So he's the same age as me. He's twenty six. You know, me and Ben came through the international scene together, traveled the world. You know, so I've got, you know, I'm close to Ben, and he's always had the the showman style. And like I say, as long as he keeps, you know, getting the performances, the wins, you know, Ben's going to go a long way, and, and obviously the knockout of the weekend, it was, uh, you know, spectacular.
0: Final words on the main event, Dalton, Saturday night, Sonny said he might win by first round knockout, he might box the ears off Bam Rodriguez, Bam thinks he's going to knock Sonny out, questions answered on Design on Saturday night, what happens in your opinion? You know, the predictions
6: we like to hear, it creates, a, you know, an entertaining fight, but for me, I think it's going to be a masterclass again from Sonny Edwards, and it's going to be the best the best performance he's put in and he's going to show the American the American audience who
0: Showtime is and he's going to be a big name over here too great stuff Dalton enjoy the week thanks so much for your time we look forward to some news on your front as well heading into 2024 and I must say I think this is your hat-trick ball on the yep. Flash Knockdown podcast so That's we're uh, on, on behalf of myself and Scott we'd like to thank you for your time and present you with a gift of no we haven't got a gift but thanks for your time
6: and I do want a gift now you said no, no. I don't maybe, want no empty promises I'll take you out for dinner <laughs> how about Appreciate that it. top man, top man.
0: coming up this week on our new segment, fresh to Series 4, dealing with defeat, is Peter McGrail. Now, Peter is a fighter that I've had the pleasure of knowing for a little while now. But when you take Peter McGrail back a couple of years, away from the sterling young professional prospect that he is now, it was an amateur fighter, one of Britain's most decorated ever amateurs, heading to Tokyo to the Olympic Games with big dreams, to come back to Liverpool with a gold medal and, and also one of the, the leading candidates, possibly the favourite, mm. Pete, heading into to that tournament. Firstly, good to see you. Uh, yeah, big so fight I week like coming up too. and we just joked about it before there, about the last thing you probably want to be talking about in a fight week is is defeat. But the, the idea of this segment is for how you've been able to use defeat and, and difficult moments in the sport, to create the man that we see today, hungry, mm. determined, full of motivation and ambition to fulfil your potential as a professional, which we have absolutely no doubt yeah, yeah. that you will do. Um, Pete, my first question is is to you. Heading into the Olympics, everyone was talking about you as being the favourite yeah. to, to to bring mm. back that gold medal. Truly now, when you can look back at it and you have, you have the benefit of hindsight, did you
4: feel that you would
0: be returning home with the gold medal?
4: Yeah, definitely. Jamie, I was... Um, everything went like to plan you know what i mean i don't know why good sparring was going well was fit like there was no excuses really you know what i mean like people people get out of the ring after the loss and have excuses but there there really was no excuses and the four years leading up to the olympics i was in every major tournament i was always on the podium you know what i mean uh, european gold commonwealth gold two world bronzes um european games bronze as well so all I needed was the Olympics to complete the collection and like it was half standard really to to like be on the podium, if you know what I mean, at ten big tournaments and and always bring a medal home, like to the family and I'd always go and show like me my nan, my granddad, um and just obviously everyone everyone by ours and that. So it was I was I was fully confident in, in at least bringing at least a bronze home, if you know what I mean. Like it was I, ju- I, was, I just I just I thought I feel like I'd already seen it. you know what I mean? Like I thought it. Like I just was so sure of it. But obviously, we got out there, and on me I lost. Like as you know, we lost my first fight, and I was on the plane home before some people had even boxed. So it was like it was just like a proper surreal experience. you know what I mean? It was it was mad. Like <laughs> when you when you got there, and we know you had a tough draw, obviously yeah, yeah. as well through through
0: different circumstances, but. Even heading into that fight against... Who, who was a great fi- fighter in in Chachay Bhakti. Yeah, The yeah. Thai fighter. Very experienced. But did you have did you have no doubts that you'd be winning this opening belt?
4: Yeah, t- to be fair, Jamie. I, like, I'd sparred, I'd sparred him over the years. I think I'd sparred him twice. Once, like, a few times. Probably over the week or two. Thailand was in uh, Sheffield. Um, and I think I might have sparred him in, like, China or something one time. Or I'd sparred him somewhere else. So, like, I knew he was a good fighter in that, but i f I'd still back myself against him now, I'd still say I'm a better fighter, even though I lost on the day, I'd still say I'm a better fighter than him. You know what I mean I'm not taking nothing away from him, but like I fully believed. Like there was no doubts in my mind going going into the ring that even like leading up to it once I got once I got drawed. like people were saying it was a tough draw and that I can't remember who would have been further down the line. But like not that I was happy with that fight and I underestimated him or not, but I, like, I felt quite comfortable when, when I drawed him, you know what I mean? Because I'd, I'd done rounds of sparring with him and that. So, yeah, I was fully um, fully confident that, that I was going to get the win, like. What are your memories of the fight, Pete? And and perhaps when did you start to realise that
0: it wasn't quite going how you imagined it, it was going to go in your mind when you say you visualised it over the years? What are your memories yeah, that, of that? It was mind? probably,
4: like, when I sat down at the end of the first round and I was around down, but... um that was like the moment in the fight that like obviously I knew that it weren't going my way but when um, leading up to the fights, like the warm-up and that I felt good felt good and then like sort of as I felt like I was a bit fired up more than like what I usually am if you know what I mean like I feel like I'm normally just quite chilled going to the ring and like no like a bit like a Pacquiao, just smiling and just just like obviously in the zone but like enjoy the moment loving it and that way. whereas I felt like when I think back now, I was a bit, like, too hyped up for, for me, if you know what I mean, and that's a f- I feel like that's sort of our box. It's like I've, I've come out and I've and I rushed the fight. Like, I, I sort of played into his hands, you know what I mean? I've come out and I was sort of going at him far too much, and he was just, like, a bit of a counterpuncher and was sort of just picking me off. I was I was playing into his hands, you know what I mean? So it was probably just tactics-wise that that I got it wrong on the day, but it was, um, yeah, it was just mad. <laughs>
0: Can you remember what what was perhaps the most difficult conversation you had to have with, your, you know, maybe even yourself or y- your friends or family in the immediacy after that defeat? What made it so difficult for
4: you? Yeah, it's hard. you Know what I mean? Obviously, it like you you before you fighting that you you just fully believe in yourself and obviously I was thinking I'm one of the best fighters in the world and then I've just when I got beat off someone who like I believed I was better than and in my head and and obviously everyone who was supporting me on the social media and that was like I was gonna bring a medal back but then I've got beat on my first fight so So there maybe wasn't really enough time for you to to no, get to not it on really. top of yourself about like, it. I'm still good to the barrett right now and I I right. always will be yeah. because yeah I probably would I probably would swerve not swerve but trade all the medals that I got. No like all the major medals, probably for the for one Olympic medal. Whereas I got I got a medal at every major tournament uh, in that in that cycle but no Olympic medal so like it's just I literally needed that one. Even a bronze, just to like to complete the collection through that cycle, know what I mean? Which not, I don't, I don't know whether anyone's ever done that. I don't know whether Lee, Lee Shelby might have or, or Joe Joyce or someone, but like, that would, that that was what was in me. you know what I mean. More than anything, just to like complete the cycle of getting a medal at every major tournament. Are you still proud to call yourself an Olympian? Yeah, definitely. It should be. Yeah, no, I am. I don't. I feel like I'm not as proud as what, as what I should be. And I feel like that just because obviously I've went to the Olympics and I have like I've, I didn't even win a fight. I went to the Olympics and I lost. Um, I had one fight and lost it. So, But I know like, that's probably the wrong way to look at it because it's it's. Um, I got to the Olympics and everything I've done in that three to four years got me to go to the Olympics. So it's an hard one, but I don't really like thinking about it and talking about it because it's... It was a bit of a shit experience, to be honest.
0: (laughs) In terms of heading into the professional ranks then, in what way have you been able to, Peter McGraw, because the Peter McGraw I know is spiteful, classy, Mm. uh, a bit of a joker away from boxing, very serious in the gym. Mm. In what way have you been able to use that experience, like you say, it was a shit experience, to to become the man, the fighter you are now with a bit between your teeth
4: to, to go out there and change your life? Yeah, listen, my like, obviously, that fight, I know I knew, I know what I'd done wrong and it was, I weren't, I weren't relaxed enough and I weren't like, I just rushed the fight, I was too eager, do you know what I mean? And I sort of, to be honest, that was probably it was probably a good lesson to have just before coming into the pros because you're too eager, to, like, it's, it, saying the amateurs there, I'm getting caught with shots off, cha Butti, but we've got like big gloves on and that, so you make mistakes like that in the pros and... There's more chance of you like going to sleep or getting knocked out or get, or getting hurt, getting stopped. So, that that was probably a, like a very good lesson for me, c- coming into the pro ranks. you know what I mean? Because you can't, you can't, you can't really make them mistakes. you know what I mean? You get you get punished a lot more than you probably would in the amateurs. So, th- looking back, it was probably a good thing. I
0: think in a weird sort of way, as there always is, you have to try and draw positives out yeah, of. Yeah. Bad experiences. you believe mm. it will be the, the making of Peter McGraw in some ways?
4: Yeah, therefore, It's it's just um, pff, there's always a silver lining to things. I wouldn't have got my debut on that card. Like that debut was like I haven't I haven't had a workout like that since. It amazing. What I mean? That I don't was know. like and to, to like for that is like my first first ever workout, first pro fight. Like the the, the, the echo was basically full. Know what I mean? So it's sorta that's given me like the experience of of already boxing and basically a full echo for when I'm going to be selling it out, you know what I mean, for world titles. So, like, I've already been there and done that. So whenever whenever the time does come, maybe next year, the year after, it's not going to be new because... Or because I got beat my first fight in the Olympics and I got my debut on that. Because if I would have stayed into the Olympics till further, then I might not have got my debut on there. So it's it's whatever way you want to look at it. You said there, Peter, you are still guided about yeah. the whole
0: experience. But do you believe... In the years to come, the not too distant future, I'm going to speak it into existence. Yeah, when yeah. you become world champion, do you believe that will erase any bad memories? Do you believe that will be the the legacy that you always craved anyway? Yeah,
4: probably. To be honest, Jamie, I reckon. Um, I just reckon it's time, and and obviously, as you said, what I do in the professional game will will probably will probably erase that. Yet, and and I just reckon maybe as I get older than that, that I'll start to. Realize, I I know what I've done in the amateurs. Everything I've done was like was, was next level anyway. You know what I mean? There's not many boxers out there that that have done what I've done in the, on the amateur circuit. So as the years go by, and I just keep looking at my medals there, and as then yeah, I'll be proud. But I am proud anyway. Like, but I know what you're saying, yeah. And to be here now, fighting
0: a big card in the states, traveling the world, doing what you love to do. Yeah. What would be your your thoughts, Pete? On any fighters who are listening, who are coming off a defeat, professional, amateur, wh- whatever level they might be, who, who are listening to, to you speak, because I think it will be very inspirational yeah, for them, of why it isn't something that will, will mm. define you, and why, like you say, it's yeah, yeah. something you can always come back stronger from.
4: Yeah, look, it's not even just the Olympics, Jamie, that, like, I've, I've, that that went my first loss throughout the amateurs, like, I've had loads of losses, you know what I mean, and I lost my first three fights as an amateur, I was 0-3, like, when I was how old was I there? Th- well, 11 or 12, so... Like, I could have, could have swerved it then, and imagine I sh- like I wouldn't be here now, would I? And it's just, um, I don't know what I can like the people around you. If you sh- sh- like stick with the people around you, as in, and when I say that, as in, your family, your good friends. Because they're the only ones that are really there when, when you're losing that, you know what I mean? Your, your family and your close friends are like, it's mad because you say loss, and it begins with an elderness, so it's just learning, you know what I mean? Because it's just, you can take so many positives from a loss, and I feel like I did from the Olympics, and it was don't rush and be yourself you know what I mean and that's I feel like that's helped me in my first day fight as a pro
0: what a brilliant way of putting it Sand. I like that poetry Peter McGrail. On, Poetic, the poetic Peter <laughs> McGray eh? <laughs> yes. way. Uh,
4: listen Pete it's great to, to hear
0: your insight on, on how you, you've overcome setbacks in this sport which have paved the way for a huge comeback yeah, yeah. which continues this yeah. Saturday on The Zone excited mm. to get back in that ring and do what you do best
4: yeah man sad nice one. it's uh, just a bit of momentum now definitely lad yeah it's obviously boxed 8 weeks ago didn't we and I think he was out for about six months before that, so it's uh, it's good to be back out eight weeks after a fight. and uh, We had that Mendoza in for sparring, it's just keeping sharp in the gym. and um, I'm looking forward to uh, showing the improvements from eight weeks ago, because uh, there's a few.
0: We well, heard it from the main man himself, that L in whatever you might read it as, as loss. Use it as learning, come back stronger and become... The man like Peter McGrail. What yes. a legend. Inside and outside the ring, always a pleasure <laughs> to catch up with you, Pete. Thanks time, mate. Well, thanks as always for listening to Flash Knockdown and thanks very much to our guests. What a brilliant lineup we had this week. Dalton Smith, Bam Rodriguez, Sonny Edwards, Galauya Fy, Peter McGrail, and a special little cameo from Mr Rob McCracken, from myself, Jamie Ward, and producer Scott Hamilton. Scott, any final words? Because this is a fight. Like the Katie Taylor Chantel Cameron fight, we've talked about for so long, and, that, and now it's going to be over. Finally here, I know. Well. This is my last show I'm involved in, so this is quite emotional for me. Why? Well, hopefully not ever.
5: But I was going to say, what, what, not, what are you resigning? Saudi. I'm you not coming to Saudi. So. Well, yeah, we're trying. Um, we're trying to have a little episode next week, and also stay tuned. I think we'll be dropping some of our 2024 dates Ooh. later this week, Friday or Saturday, on air. So stay tuned for that. Well,
0: join us live on the Zone. That is the only place you can watch the unification, the flyweight. Mega fight between Bam Rodriguez and Sonny Edwards. All the questions answered Saturday night live on Design. We'll see you then.